Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Now, live and direct from the press box at Old Comiskey Park, it's time for when football was football. Let's join your host, Joe Ziemba, with another forgotten tale from Chicago's pro football history. Let's go! Welcome to this episode of When Football Was Football on the Sports History Network. I'm your host, Joe Ziemba, and if you look at the calendar, it's December 10th, 1947. And you may recall from our previous episode in this new miniseries that chronicles the 1947 Chicago Cardinals championship run, the Cards had nearly blown their opportunity to contend for the 1947 NFL title. After compiling a 7-1 record and facing two rather dreary opponents, the Cardinals shocked the NFL world by dropping two straight to fall behind the Chicago Bears in the Western Division race. But then, the Cards managed to dispatch the Eagles 45-21 on December 7, 1947, while the Bears were surprised by the Rams. So we now move to December 10, 1947, with both teams deadlocked with 8-3 records and with just one game remaining on the schedule. Of course, it's against each other. Nothing would be sweeter for the Cardinals than to eclipse the Bears in that final regular season outing with the winner grabbing first place in the West and thus qualifying for the upcoming NFL championship game. It would be a long week of practice for both clubs prior to the game scheduled at Wrigley Field, the home of the Bears, on Sunday, December 14th. The winning effort over the Eagles had raised some concerns for the Cardinals in the injury department. When the team departed Philadelphia after that big win, tackle Caleb Martin was complaining of abdominal pain. The pain became so severe that the train stopped in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and Martin was quickly moved to the local hospital while the rest of the squad returned and resumed its trip to Chicago. X-rails on Martin revealed no fractures, and assistant coach Phil Handler told reporters on Monday, December 8th, that Martin was, quote, much improved, end quote, and was expected to make a rapid recovery. Then on December 10th, a couple days later, the Cardinals announced that Martin's injury which was still not identified, was bad enough that he would miss the rest of the season. It was just another in a recent series of puzzling injuries, none of which matched the uniqueness of an injury that befell gifted end Billy Duell of the Cardinals, and which had nothing to do with a football game. Instead, Duell suffered one of the most unusual injuries in the history of the National Football League when he sneezed. On that recent trip to Washington, Duell sneezed so powerfully and so hard that he endured a sacroiliac strain and missed the next game. Later, Duell explained the situation by stating, 
I was waiting for quarterback Paul Christman to go to breakfast on the train. I was all slouched down and then got the sudden sneeze. It took me about five minutes to get out of the chair because the sneeze kicked out a vertebrae right out of place. Well, back in Chicago, Cardinals coach Jimmy Councilman was silently planning ahead. Although the Cards had defeated the Bears 31-7 earlier in the year, he knew that the Bears were rapidly improving and would be a significant challenge under coach George Hallis. Councilman's mind raced as he studied game film and looked for anything that might provide the Cardinals with an advantage. And then, there it was, a possible soft spot in the Bears' defense that might be exploited only once, and likely that would need to occur early in the game before Hallis could make any adjustments. Councilman was so excited about this possibility that he ordered his team to practice on Monday, December 8th, which was usually a day off for the players, especially after just completing a long train ride back to the Windy City. In addition, Councilman, usually very open with the media, closed off all access to his practices. The Chicago Daily Herald reported on the sudden change of policy by saying, the Southside Armory that houses the Cardinal Secrets is patrolled by policemen keeping newspaper men, casual interlopers, and bear spies from previewing the weapons in store for George Hallis and company. Councilman later explained his need for secrecy in an interview given a few years later to Sports Illustrated magazine. Councilman said, We were scheduled to meet the Chicago Bears for the Western Division Championship. They were stronger than we were, so we studied our scouting reports, and they showed that one of the Bears' linebackers was not quite as fast as the others. We decided to devise a play that would run our fastest halfback, Babe Dementia, at such an angle that this particular linebacker on the Bears would have to cover him. We designed a pass play, taking into account the defense our scouts said that the Bears would use deep in our territory. Now ideally, we would use this play right at the start, and that meant we were hoping to win the coin toss and elect to receive. On Tuesday, December 9th and Wednesday, December 10th, 75 years ago today, Councilman and his coaching staff began preparing his team and the star of the proposed show, Babe Dementiev, by introducing the elements of the new play that the Cardinals hoped would provide a quick advantage in the upcoming Bears game. But there was only one problem. By Wednesday, December 10th, 75 years ago today, Babe Dementiev had not yet shown up for practice. Please join us on December 13th when we continue our look back at the Chicago Cardinals championship season in 1947 and as our search for the Babe continues. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.
We at the Sports History Network are so glad to introduce to you a new addition to our lineup. The Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast is a weekly podcast that focuses on the history and memorabilia of North American football since its inception in 1869. It's hosted by Bob Swick, the publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and Joe Squires, a longtime contributor to that magazine. The podcast was launched in 2017 and has over 150 episodes that you can listen to now on a Sports History Network, as well as your favorite podcast provider. So join Bob and Joe as they go through football history, talking about the memorabilia and the great legendary players and games of the American Gridiron on the Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast.